This your boy Dre. And this your boy David. And we are the Perspective Podcast. There you go, Dre. That's very fun. That's Shut fantastic. Up. <laughs> Come on, we starting <laughs> early. Come on. We got to have that good winty banter. What'd you do today, Dre? Um, I worked out, you know, and now I'm here. I had a good conversation with two people. And, you know, now I'm here. Ready to have some fun. That's, that's what it's all about. Today's show is actually going to be really, really good. We have Dr. Tracy Hermanstein, who's an instructor at Washington University School of Medicine. Dr. Tracy is a neuroscientist and will discuss her research, neuroscience, and what the future holds for STEM as a whole. This hits like real personal to me because I'm a STEM. I'm a, today is, they call it STREAM. Science, technology, reading, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Yep. And like, get rid of all that extra stuff. It's STEM. I guess. Now, I will tell the audience this is going to be hard because, like, Tracy's my cool friend. So I've never called her in her life Dr. Tracy O. Hermanstein. <laughs> so I'm going to do that for this bio, and then we're going right in it. Y'all ready? Yeah. Yeah, y'all can talk. Yeah. <laughs> we ready. We ready. Yeah. Yes, David, come on. <laughs> so let me go through this introduction of Dr. Tracy O. Hermanstein. As I said, she's currently an instructor in the Department of De Developmental Biology at Washington University in St. Louis School of Medicine. As a trained neuroscientist, she studies the brain and is particularly interested in a subset of neurons that come together to form a specialized region called the suprachiasmatic nucleus and how, they collective active, and how their collective activity regulates daily behavioral and physiological rhythms. Y'all just don't get it. I've been practicing super kind. Exactly. You had all that to say about me. And then you, and you had like all that to say about me. I mean, it's super charismatic, not Merlin. Uh, all right, David. <laughs> Next, she has published several peer-reviewed journal articles and has received numerous awards for her contributions to the neuroscience field. In addition, Dr. Hermanstein also serves as a co-director for the Initiative to Maximize Student Development, IMSD, program which is a National Institute of Health, NIH. Y'all just gonna keep throwing all these acronyms at me. Funded program that seeks to promote the recruitment, retention, and graduation of students from underrepresented backgrounds in PhD or MD-PhD programs. In April 2021, Dr. Hermanstein will be the inaugural director of the HHMI Driving Change Learning Initiative, where she will continue her dedication to teaching, mentoring, and empowering students, especially minority students, in how to be successful in basic science research. Also, let's throw out, now, you know, we got to let y'all know who she is. Like, really, really who she is. It don't even say it on her, but she from where? New York. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. BK. You know, BK. Day. How about that? I guess. And then we go from that to say that she is a proud member of the Gamma Omega chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated and serves as the 2021 Vice President of the National Panhellenic Council of St. Louis, NPHCSTL. She received a bachelor's degree, a BS in biology, Oh, it's blurred out on my page. Oh, I there. can't really see this. I'll give her her props. It is Howard University. It is an HBCU, so I give props to there. And, and her doctorate degree in neuroscience from the University of Maryland, Baltimore School of Medicine. Whew. Oh, well, thank you guys for coming out today. That is all that we can talk about in this show. Uh, Dr. Tracy, because this is the first and last time I'm saying that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Welcome uh, to the Perspective Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, Tracy, um, pretty much now that we got all that you do, we got a little bit of insight of who you are. Like, tell us, give us like a deeper, uh, deeper knowledge into what you do and like what's everyday life in the field but that you work to in. us like we're kindergartners. Okay. So, yeah. So it was very, the, my intro was, yeah. you know, a Make little bit. to the mic. 
it was very it was very detailed but in essence what i do is i study a group of neurons that regulate your body's clock right why you get up why you go to sleep why your heart rate increases during the day decreases at night things of that nature body temperature changing so that's your body, your brain's clock that regulates all the other clocks that are in different organs like in your heart um, your liver and things like that. So that is my focus. And how neurons communicate with one another is that they use electrical activity together to to um, basically synchronize their activity and then they regulate the behavior. So I'm in one small part of the brain. Um, it's called the SCN for short or the acronym. And that's what I do. I mean, the neuroscientists in itself, the field is so big. People do learning and memory, addiction, um, pain, Everything that you can think of. So I'm just one small part of this huge field of what the brain and the vast of the brain into it. And I studied it in a mouse model. So, so what made you choose that specific field? Um, I think neuroscience more so chose me. Oh, okay. Um, In a sense. It I was, was like the bachelor. It was. I it was. The <laughs> I, when I graduated from Howard University, I Where really wasn't was. sure of what I thought I wanted to do was was med school and and for pure transparency I didn't get in my first time getting and I was devastated and so I had to figure it out and it took me a while and I was actually working at NIH at an administrative level and I was working in the neuroscience study section which is really where all the grants go um, from around the country to get funded so you, you it's like a competition and I was in a neuroscience section and then I started reading the grants and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And, you know, this is something that I can possibly do. And I actually befriended one of the PIs or principal investigators at the time who was at Maryland. And um, he hired me to become a research tech manager. And I fell in love. It just kind of just hit. And at that time, I was actually in grad school at Hopkins for my MPH. And I stopped oh. and switched because... The, just the discovery part of it, figuring out what the brain does, it just it found my niche. And I published my first author paper as a tech. Oh, that's And that's so dope. it that's was, really yeah, dope. I didn't, I wasn't even in grad school yet. So wow. it was something that it, it 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 just sparked. And I said, so me and my, he, he's now my colleague now in front. He's at Pittsburgh. We talk every year. Oh wow. We talk every year, every year about you know just advancement and how I how I came from a person who really didn't know what these neurons were doing. And now, you know, at a junior faculty level at WashU, it's, so, it's just a huge... Full disclosure, I used to have three pet mice, and I let Tracy borrow them one day, and I have not seen them to this day. Do you, you want to tell me what, what happened to my three pet mice? It, it was probably published, the work, the work probably oh, went to some publication, it went to good, good use. Oh, it was ethical, though, it was ethical. Wink and blink and, and nod. Yeah. I, I hate when that happens. So we so. don't, everything is done with... With humane and we ethics, we're trained to do so. So, so yeah. do you have to do a lot of your research on animals until you can start on human? Like, how do you transfer these skills over to humans? So, right. So, um, as my bio said, I'm a basic science researcher, right? So, I want to understand the system, whether in normal conditions or even in pathological decisions. This, I mean area in country environment where there's a disease progression so i want to understand that so we use mice as one of our models but there are people who use the fruit fly to study the brain wow. um c elegans you can use bacteria what they is have it? what is the c elegans? a slug 
Like oh, I was about to say, what is and that? So, um, I thought it was Ellen DeGeneres like cousin. No, so they're different. So they're different. They're different no, levels to doing it. Okay. No, it didn't. So, <laughs> so the, and and the, what you will know is that at least in some levels, that the mouse has just as much the similar ge- genetic makeup as a human. Right? Wow, what's the percentage so, that's? We have about similar? twenty thousand. It's probably close to upwards to ninety. Oh, wow. Percent, 90 something percent. So only 10% similar, separate from being mice. And, th- and things that are different. So, we, you know, like for instance, in the heart, it might be primarily in a human four point a, a channel, let's say I'm using, a, and I'm getting really technical. Yeah. You might have one yeah, subunit in the heart, and in the mouse, it might be something different, but it does the same thing. So, oh, okay. so yeah, so there's huge similarities. While we can use that model, we can understand that model, and then we can translate it. So, what physicians do now is take this work take these things that we put out and they go after targets that we have discovered. And that's how drug discovery comes about and, and more or less. So, so are, are y'all using like white mice or gray mice, black mice? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I, right? I do use black mice. That's what we black mice. That's no talk about. I do, but there are white. With the red eyes? different strains. Yes, pink eyes. Oh, pink? And the white has pink eyes. So you but... got your own little Tuskegee experiment going on. But different strains have different genetic backgrounds. So uh, you have to be very careful. But so, I do use... So where y'all getting it from? Is it like y'all, we, take well, they, a, y'all they, got they, pink they, hats they, and you let them out and tell them bring them back? Tracy, make sure you're talking to the I'm sorry. I want the audience to make sure they can hear. No, you. there are places where you can purchase mice. They, it's like a club med for mice. They are taken care of real well. Um, they are bred. They have humidity, good food, things of that wait, nature. Wait, wait, wait. So, do you have pinky in the brain? Laugh. <laughs> we do have facilities Look around that. The, I knew I knew where they was at. That Anthony have not Dan. only have they don't only have mice. They have dogs, cats, uh-huh. um, monkeys. Of zebrafish, it just depends on the model, what you're studying, and where they are. So, yeah, zebrafish, hmm. it's a little fish. I was thinking, yeah. like, y'all remember that Kevin Hart, a deer, bro? So, yeah, there's several different. Facilities. All right, the, the audience want to know these pressing questions, so we got some pressing questions. Okay, what for are you. the personal questions? So, you've talked about you know what draw what drew you towards neuroscience, right? Mm-hmm. And you talked about. I guess transferring, you know, you went to Howard, then you went to John Hopkins, but then you transferred over. Did you ever notice that, hmm, I'm like the only black person in this room, or it's like two of us or three of us, you know, like explain to us the minority part, because in your bio, you have a lot of, you're here for the underrepresented minorities. Explain that to us. So, yeah, so once I left Mecca, (laughs) then the world changed, right? You're no longer... In this, this, I think Mecca is what they call power. Yes, yes. And so you're no longer among your people, Mm. among your peers, even your faculty. Most of the faculty are black. So when I got to Hopkins in Maryland, especially when I did my PhD, I was one of three black students in the PhD program, and I was the only black female at the time. And John Hopkins is huge for the PhD program. Yeah, and I can't even imagine. I don't know what their stats, but it's probably the same. What was it like? Just like. Just talk about a little bit. What was it like just being in that space where it's only three? You look in the room, it's only three of you. You know, how did that make you feel? So a lot of it, you just got to have to get used to it, right? Because science to me is universal. Science is science. Science is when if I'm in Japan, if I'm in Africa. And so that is the universal language. So I, I had to get used to being the only one or one of the few but there were also other things that were going on that was underlying that you had to hear things like, you know, when when I was so full disclosure, my first year, 
I was about to get kicked out of grad school. My grades weren't weren't great. And um, they brought me into the room. They had this huge discussion. And it was just by luck or however it worked that my former PI advocated for me. It was like, no, this girl just needs another chance. Mm-hmm. But it turns out I wasn't the only student no. that was having difficulties. But I was the only one called in. Oh, wow. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and... And things, the rumor mill gets around because, you know, grad school is really small. It's like St. Louis. And so everybody finds out, you're, you know, all your info. And when I realized that, then I just knew that it was a different world, right? Okay. And so, you know, you, you kind of have those kind of things of that nature. So when you think about it and, and going through it, you know, I've been in neuroscience. I've been doing neuroscience since 2003. I've been a page, I've been a scientist technically since... 2012, you kind of see the writing on the wall, right? And mm. some things are just ingrained in the institutions, particularly when you're leaving um, okay. um, HBCU type environments and going into PWIs. So, mm. yeah. Okay, I just wondered because I did have like a similar experience coming from an HBCU to a PWI, technically an HSI, um, and like looking around the room and not seeing too many people like me. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering what that was like in different fields, you know, because I'm in the educational field and you're in science and STEM. You know, I wanted to know, like, similar? yeah, if if we have like some type of similar experiences and things like that. And, and you also have to be aware. Like, I I was giving a talk. I was at an international meeting. Um, I brought my mom with me, and I remember I was the closing talk of this meeting. I thought I gave a great talk. Everybody thought I gave a great talk. And a colleague from another, he was a, a white male, and he came up to me, and if just instead of just saying good talk, he looked at me and he was like, "Wow, you are so articulate." And I looked at him, and before I can say something, the two women that were next to me was like, that's not a compliment. But he thought he was giving me a compliment. He actually didn't think he was saying anything wrong. You can string words together and Right. <laughs> and so when people are saying that to you, you know, subconsciously, those things start to yes. get to you. And mm-hmm. you start to think about that. You have the imposter syndrome and all these other things are going yeah. And the work is hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. You know what I mean? I do 12, 14 hours. It's hard enough to, to stay on top of things, to be the top of your, you know, of your class, to be the top of what you work, to be an expert, to have people say, wow. You sound articulate. I'd rather him just walk by, you and know, say so, and say nothing. Right. So but, then, when you are like one of only a few in these spaces, does that then enter into the actual work that you do? Do you start to think, okay, some of the research I want to do is to understand more so the brain and why minorities are this way, or are we not having enough minorities? And like, do you does your work center around that, or is it because? I, you're dealing with the brain. The brain doesn't matter what your race is, so it's it's kind of hard to do that. On the basic level, it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, when you start moving into when you're going into like therapeutic targets and things like that, you want these studies and things like that to be representative of all. You know what I mean? You want more women in the those trials. You want more black people in the trials. You want more of this because things do behave differently even across race. Drugs target things like that, and so. Trials need to be more inclusive okay. of everything. So at the basic level, I don't really care so much, right? right? And I guess if I was doing something, another kind of science, if I was an immunologist or, you know, something uh, like that. Immunologist. Like, what? what? They okay. <laughs> you know, maybe I might I, I care about those kind of things, but or in right. a public health setting. But at this point, no. But I do understand that 
once my work or my work comes to a place where it becomes like a target or, or, or of interest to you would want those things to be those trials to be more inclusive yeah no nah, that's really dope so i was gonna say we have this fact and you can help us out so it goes off of what you were just talking about when you're going in to do these trials or et cetera. And it's, it's talking about EEGs. And it says EEGs are commonly used in clinical and laboratory settings to measure a person's brain activity with electrodes placed on the scalp. Well, many of these electrodes don't work as well with natural hairstyles like <laughs> afros, dreadlocks. Even I think it has a hard time adhering to my bald head when it's freshly shaved. So is that another barrier to black participation in some of these things if the science has not tried to adapt to who we are as a people. I agree with you, yes. And so, you know, and to be quite honest with you, you have the other flip of that coin. Black people don't trust, you know, we have trust issues of, you know, we, we, we rightly do, that we, we rightly do. should have. So they're not even signing up for the trials and right. things like that. So they don't have to accommodate for you, right? But if you're coming in drones, if you're signing up, it has to change because you have to effectively do your research, right? right? And so, you know, you'll be easy because you ain't got nothing going on. But yeah, I'm just saying, yet. but, you know, but if we, if we are, if we become more <laughs> trustworthy, if we see more of us doing these kind of trials, participating in the science process, maybe those things will start to change. Okay. And so, but. So how do you, what would, if you could, or how would you sit here and say, how how can you kind of influence people to get or motivate them to sign up for these trials? Like what would, what would be your advice for that? You know, for us to have, so we get more research on how these things affect us. So although there's not in my field, I will say this, like particularly with COVID, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're starting up new trials right now. Right. And they're, they're starting the, the, the trials with kids now because they're moving into wanting to sign up um, children to do that. To me, the spokespeople have to look like us. Right. Mm -hmm. And they have to be educated and they have to be in front. Um, they have to be able to tell the story. They have to be able to say, you know, I have gone to so many uh, or watched so many of these different webinars and I'm looking there and there are people who are not, to me, educated enough to give the information if they're passing on falsehoods, mm -hmm. you know, and I need, and there are people of color who are physicians, clinicians that should be on these things. I mean, that's just my... My first, I, I, I've watched too many of my friends give out false information. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I just think that's where I did it on that. <laughs> it's a disservice. It's a disservice. And I, I do like to get away from the great white hope in some regards. And so with, there's too many talented people that I know who could be in the front giving this message and giving it in a positive vibe. So that will be the first thing that I would think about. Oh, yeah. How it would work. Yeah. That's a good point. So the world of neuroscience, it's it's under the broader umbrella, broader umbrella, I can't talk, of STEM. Right. I think one of the struggles today is how do you get more, um, you can say minorities, but I'm, you know, and I love all my minorities. I love all the minorities. You guys are good. But I'm thinking of specifically black, black men, black women, or, you know, your young teenagers. How do you get them? interested involved into these stem careers yeah so stems is something that you have to get in when you're young okay like for the most part for the most part because you're trying to wait till end of high school college in some cases it's almost too late 
right? But people get the spark when you bought them their first chemistry set. Mm-hmm. Or that, you know, my mother let me do controlled explosions in the house. Like, she kind of knew I was a, I was going into the science yeah. room. Right. And so she just pushed those things to that. And so, and the data shows it. Kids that are exposed earlier will tend to stay and finish and move on and, and grad, you know, get these STEM degrees and move on in these types of STEM careers. Mm-hmm. Now, even currently... You know, gaming, that's a big thing now. Yeah. That's yeah. STEM related. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Wow. That yeah. is technology. STEM. It's coding. That. It's understanding how to code to make these things. It's millions of dollars and universities are tapping into this. Yeah. So we can make things even more relevant. So right now I'm working on an initiative with over with um, Riverview um, Middle School District where we are going to bring gaming and coding to the kids there. And we're going to supply the computers, software, and things like that. So there's no, even we're going to do food, lunches, everything like that. Oh, wow. Bringing students there, graduate students from WashU of color to come there and teach these classes and making it a multiple, you know, we're going to be touching these students, we're going to be exposing these students, and then advancing them through, and then they're going to make a video game. Yeah, that's dope. so, you know, so that's how you do it. You got to get them young. Yeah, and and I definitely do agree, because I remember back when I was like in third grade, and you had to do that science project, or you had to build a volcano, (laughs) you know. What was your science project? uh, I can remember that so long ago. It was so long ago, but I do remember building the Everybody volcano. Everybody remembers their first science project. Not me. I, I don't remember. I remember mine. this. I know. But what I do remember, I, remember. I never won. Not one. Not one. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I didn't try to win them. I just had to do them. I had to. I put together the, like the a travel. circuit. I was gonna say, nah. See, I ain't doing and that. I just took a circuit and then because my dad's an electrician, so he like just fuck you. Wow. See, I, this time it wasn't me. Um, yeah, so okay, but yeah. yeah so, but I really, I, I really do. I do remember that, and I do think that like when you do catch students or you catch kids when they're young or catch us when we're young, we're so impressionable at that age that it's really setting forth of the direction that we want to go. Um, because you can show the fun behind it. Right. right. The work. Right. right. And, right. and that's the reason why I kind of went into business. Like originally I went to school to be um, a sports for sports. I thought I was going to be sports. I thought I was going to be an athlete. What? You thought you were going to be a sports, sports, me- sports like medicine. NBA. Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm going to be the sports. <laughs> nah, so my dream, my dream. <laughs> nah, so my dream was to be an NFL player. Didn't pan out, so I was going to go to college and I was going to get into exercise science. Okay. Um, but when I got there and I realized how many science classes I had to take, I was like, ooh. <laughs> that was the fun stuff. Well, you know, I lived in the valley. I was saying, it wasn't, so it wasn't fun for me, um, but I loved math. So I knew that since that was one of my passions, why not go into business? You know, and that's business. Shut up, David. (laughs) (laughs) Now, business is is actually fun when you sit down and you you understand and then if you have a passion for it, you know what I'm saying? That's just like how you like chemicals. You chemical know. engineer in the house. That's like I'm just like how you like chem- just like how you like chemicals. I like to go out there and speak to people. I like the market. I like to do Wait, all I of those. I like to do management. So those are oh, the aspects. I see what you're saying. So, From a speech. Yeah. Like so uh, those those were the things. Yeah. So those were the things that I look forward to, and it got to me when I was younger after the whole science kick and everything else, and I knew that that was my second passion when I got to school, and I was like, yeah, business is always going to be around, so let me jump into business, you know, because I remember we had FBLA, which is future business leaders of America in high school and I was a part of that so okay okay so another question I have for you you know you need math skills you need science skills technology um, when you're in the STEM field but what about what other soft skills are needed for you to maybe succeed and go further in your career so 
what I, you know, think is that a lot of scientists, a lot of people think that scientists are awkward what? people. No. That we I, no. are lab rats. We Wait, walk around with pocket protectors. Wait, and and that means some of it may be true. Ain't and, nothing, but, look, I get mad when my shirts don't have that extra pocket because I'm like, where am I putting my ink pen? Right. But, however, I think one of the yeah, number okay. one skills that I think is important is that they have to learn how to network. All of my positions, even the things, you know, things that I'm up for now and moving forward, it's it's just the ability to network. I have the ability to go and talk to people and have conversations and not be afraid to do so. And so I do train or do tell out of my mentees that you have to be able to learn how to network. And I think networking is a skill. So, you know, we do so many seminars at the university. So you can start to do that to start meeting faculty, start doing those kind of things and just kind of developing that that touch of how to to converse with you know people who are older than you or more senior than you in the field so right so um i have i do have a question so to get into the stem field do you would you say that you need a degree to do it like a four-year degree or you know maybe a certificate or something like if i wanted to get in right now and i I possess a degree but i want to get into that field do i need to go back to school or can i go get a cert you know, what can I do to get into that field? Well, you have to define what is getting in. Like, what I do... A job. A job doing what? Uh, something in STEM. Okay, so if you want to... So if Hi. you want to... <laughs> I want to be a STEM guy. STEM person, <laughs> like, you know, so... So I think to, to get into the STEMs, it just depends on the type of career. You'll you'll have people who are in engineering who just have a bachelor's degree. Um, it depends on the, the where you're going, if they're willing to train. But for the most part, usually STEM careers like people to be in STEM, you know, because, you know, the training is a little bit steep, um, especially becoming even at the ground level. But, you know, but if you are willing to get trained and willing to move forward, you can get in usually at a bachelor's degree level, like lab tech positions are usually filled with people who have a bachelor degree at the minimum. Very rare do you find those fields, um, those those positions filled with non bachelor degree. So, Especially in academic As we're closing up today, uh, what's the big takeaway that you want people to understand about STEM? But specifically, we can go into neuroscience, but you know about STEM in general. On what can I do to get in there, and is it something that's for us? It is. The big takeaway is that I really am tired of being the only one. There you go. So you know, I'm taking on the initiatives. I look to take the initiatives on to help recruit and bringing in talented people of color in STEM because they're out there and they can do it. And I and I I take pride in being able to sit at those tables to help make decision policy decisions right. and things like that to move those things forward because it's lonely. And you know, you get tired of being the the only ones when you're going to the meetings, especially some of my favorite meetings. I am the one of the few minorities yeah. there, and it's been going on for years. So it's time to, to change that. It's time to um, get in and start recruiting kids, getting them passionate about science, getting them in younger. I love to get emails, text messages, DMs, whatever, of former students okay. who have gone on and have gone and going into PhD programs and things oh, like hey. that. So that it, 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 it brings my heart joy. So I think that collectively as people stems needs to be a career and, and we're seeing the push now right but it needs to be something that they consider and we need to get in there i'm thinking as young as like second grade um that young of really pushing these initiatives uh, to these these kind of kids early our kids on. yeah early on yeah uh, um thank you i want to give you all your props dr tracy o hermanstein <laughs> 
No, thank you today. I think this is a, a really good and it's helpful conversation because you don't hear a lot about STEM, about neuroscience. You just hear, oh, yeah, go into STEM. No one wants to break down what does that mean to go into it? What's the right. work that re that's required? And, yeah, there's going to be years where you're the only black person or the only person of color in your vicinity. But you have to stick through with it right. and go there. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much Tracy, for you having wanna, me. You know, you want to stay over for our DM slot? We got a little question I'm or so two nervous. or three. <laughs> what? Sure. Our, DM, sure. our fans I, give us great I, questions. I've, 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 I've seen about. your DM slides. Wow. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> I've seen Wait to do <laughs> You guys know this. This is our DM slide. This is a chance for you to DM us about information from previous episodes, future episodes, whatever questions on your mind, whatever you found. And today we have a question from Kayla Ketchum. She says, do you all believe men want their wives to be natural, to avoid attention from other men? Like, why ask that your woman be natural? No makeup, no weave, no body enhancements, but then turn around and fantasize over social media models. Dre, you like your women to be natural? Yeah. Fresh out the bed, and that's it. <laughs> um, I actually do. Didn't brush her teeth? Whoa. That's mm. not, you can't get no more natural than that. Master's hair, bed head. That's hygiene. That's hygiene. That's hygiene. That's hygiene. That's how you can ensure no man looking at him. Oh, no. No, 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 no. So tell us what you think, Drake. Um, honestly, I do, and I would prefer my woman natural, and it's not because I don't want her to get attention from another man. Um, my growing up, my mom did wasn't into like all of the makeup and things like that. So that's just what I'm used to. That's what I'm used to seeing. It wasn't really until like high school and college where you started to see um, women starting to get into the makeup and things. So it's still growing on me, but I do prefer them natural. Okay, now let me go before we have our guests go. So I'm like the opposite. I want her to look. That's because you bougie. But yeah. So I want her to look her best at all times, right? Right. So when we're at home just chilling, I'm not expecting you to be walking around in like sweatpants. But ain't that all down. times? Listen to, let me, t I ain't introduce, introduce you. Interrupt you. <laughs> right. When we're at home, that's different. Like you can lounge around, do you. But when we're going out, and if I'm like, if we're dressing up to go out, then I want you to dress up to go out. So that means if we're going to the mall, you know how people used to stunt in the mall when you holding hands and stuff and y'all like walking down, you want everyone to look at you and stuff. Well, ain't no one looking at no busted down person in sweatpants and a do-rag and stuff. I'm like, look, lady, I know y'all don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. So instead, if I'm going to a gala, you can throw some makeup on, some eyelashes, some hair, some makeup, all that stuff. When we're going to parties, events, I want to be known as like, oh, yeah, they can dress. But if we just going out to McDonald's, you know, I'm not expecting that. Now, what is sexy? Like sweatpants with the stilettos on. Ooh. See, right? <laughs> Told you. Tracy, what do you think? Y'all just want to <laughs> be Alicia Keys all out? No. So I, this question is a little loaded for me because I have yeah. stock and weave. So, you know, I love weave. I love everything about it. You know, I, I, I don't knock someone for doing it. I don't knock someone for not doing it. You know what I mean? So I don't think I would be considered natural because I wear weaves, you know, like all the time, actually. You know, I, I have makeup, you know, I love all that kind of stuff. And I agree with you. You've been, I've been your date several times mm -hmm. and I've always represented it on David's mm -hmm. arm. You know, I look my best. You know we ain't gonna, uh, We're not looking crazy. And no. so 
that question felt a little loaded in some in some ways because you know I think sometimes that that can be an insecurity issue on a man who wants their woman to be very plain Jane and no one. But to me, Ooh. most men that I've met, they love the fact that their woman looks good and another man is attracted to her. Yeah. You know, regardless if she's giving a natural look or if she has makeup on or whatever. You know, so I think How that you carry yourself. Or yeah, something. and I think it's it's just it's on the woman's type. Like I would not want a man to tell me, "Yo, babe, I need you to be more natural." Then you're not the man <laughs> <need> for me. <laughs> so you know, or I, or I don't like weave. You I don't like the house looking like that. Or, or whatever. They, some of that off. You know, whatever the case is. So I'm not the woman for him. Okay, right? so so let's bring know. this in. Um, have you heard of this guy named Derek Jackson? <laughs> He had an apology video. Oh, my God. And it's the worst. Supposedly, like, he was in this video, and, you know, he went through his closet. He's like, okay, this this shirt fit. Let me get these eyebrows together, get his fresh cut. And then he, like, drug, drug his wife out the bedroom and said, let's do this. And she's like, okay, I got the helmet of God on. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's what she said. I ain't making this stuff up. No, I, I watched it, and <laughs> I saw it. And, and to be quite honest with me, like, I I don't really don't have an opinion on her going back or not going back or whatever's going on with their marriage. But I did find it so weird that he looked great. And she had a bonnet on sweat. It was a hat. Or whatever it was. And she she just... And I'm like, you're just you're you're, you're going to go viral. Like this right. is going to go viral. Oh, and she went. And and it went. And and I just was like, wow. It was such a con. I, I felt like it was just a weird video. How they how they did it. How he was how he was holding her hand. It it was just it was just completely weird and off. Have you seen the pictures of his mistresses? I did. Yeah, they don't look I actually, like plain Jane. They don't they at don't, all. They're not all natural. Well, <laughs> they never. They ain't none of them are. The do the mistresses look nice? Yeah, they, they, they look, look like they Instagram look, yeah. Like yeah. Body, models. Body yeah, body yada yada. Yeah. I saw yeah. like an old picture of her. Yeah, and, and like somebody was saying, like you gotta keep yourself up. Like that's what he fell in love with. Uh, you know, you got. Oh yeah, but he cheated before then. Yeah, so I, I, we <laughs> okay. I, we don't know what the circumstances we don't of know that are. Like that, Derek. But heard you went to but, Tuskegee. So Tuskegee, I need y'all to call in and let us know. Like, is that normal? But it was weird. It was very the weird. Ha- the hair bonnet was weird. That but was Dre, first... you was talking about uh, Aisha Curry earlier. You want to bring that up? Actually, no, I kind of want to stick on this one. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I, y'all see, I gave him that alley-oop, and he, like, just smacked it away. Nah, um, and it kind of goes back to, like, when Tracy said it's, it's kind of like an insecurity thing. Yeah, it could be, but it also can be on the flip side as well. You know, and not saying that, if we're going to uh, specifically talk about, you know, the Derrick Jackson thing, um, maybe, you know, she didn't want to get dressed up. Maybe that was just her comfortable state. She's home. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's making it publicity or not, or maybe it was a publicity stunt. We don't know those things because yeah. we're not there. Was. So we okay. don't, like, you know what I'm saying? And granted, like, he did have a fresh cut and those things. But at the end of the day, he was apologizing. You know, he fucked up. She was chilling. I agree. Whatever yeah. it was, they got all the attention yeah, they needed yeah, because he dropped the book at the end, right? Yeah, so, he definitely did. 50% you know, off. 50% off. So look. However, it is what's good for their family. It just was weird, and they had and and what they got was everyone talking about it. So and yeah. that was the goal. And, and, so, and, and like we said, I think that was really just the goal. Like, it no matter um, good publicity, bad, bad publicity, no matter how much you talk about me, long as I'm the talk of the town, right? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm relevant. So I think for him, it's for but, him just to stay relevant. But when we go back to just talking about this whole natural state, and right? Everything, you brought up 
how you was raised with your mother. Right. And it's weird because like I was raised opposite. My mom worked in a corporate office every day. So every day she had on the heels, she had on a business suit, hair laid, makeup on, uh, you know, to me it's mama. So she always looked like a model right? type of thing. So the only time that she would quote, well, only time she would take off makeup would be Sunday mornings. Yep. That would be it. You know, cause I'm like, even on the weekends, got stuff to do. You're going out and about. So I'm just used to, it's normal for your mother or for a woman to be looking like X, Y, Z. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I just think it, it just comes down to like who they are and the way they was raised and everything else and how they feel about themselves. I think it's just about self-appreciation and not saying that women who wear makeup do not appreciate themselves. You know, I know a lot of women who are beautiful without makeup, but they choose to do it because that's that's what they like to do. You get what I'm saying? So it just depends on them but and how they are. Let's let's tap deeper into the question, though, because I don't think this is about what a woman wants. Right. And, and, and right, yeah. so, right, so if we jump back into the, the right, if we jump back into the requiring you to. Right. So if, we, if we're if we're jumping back into and we talk about do we want men to want our women to be more natural to avoid it, to avoid attention from other men? Um, I think it goes to Tracy point. Like it's up to that man. Like I think that that shouldn't even be the topic of discussion. You get what I'm saying? For me, I want my woman to be comfortable at all times. Cause at the end of the day, I'm going to make you feel good. Yeah. I think, and I think as a woman, if, if you're going to be stepping up and looking like this, every time we go out, then as your partner, I'm going to have to do the same or we're not going to be partners anymore. Absolutely. I right? don't want no bum on my arm. So I'm like, if I'm looking good, he has to look good. He has to, you know, we have to match each other's energy. There you go. So, you know, but I think back to that, if if a man wants a woman to have a more natural look and then that's the woman he should choose. And I think it's real interesting. We've never taped this late. So guys, we are in St. Louis. So those are police sirens that you're hearing in the background. Oh yeah! Wow, <laughs> you just realized you that. hear us duck, or you see us duck, or hear shots. Don't wow. just shooting at us as well. Not but we son. are on the safe side of a town. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? I think this was really good. But I think uh, to wrap it kind of all up, as a woman, we want you to feel comfortable doing you. So if you want to be dressed to the nines, or if you want to look natural, do you? However, I think they just told us men, you know, we can't tell them that. But if I buy you a dress and some shoes and all that stuff and I put it on the bed, don't put that on, but don't do your hair and put on lipstick. I think I you're being a l- I think you're being a little too black and white. There's, black some, and there's white. some gray in there. <laughs> yeah, there's the gray, some gray, gray in there. Gray. There's some gray in there's there. There's a lot of gray in here actually. Yeah, so I think yeah. that the, you know, if she's overall more of a natural Lisa, then right. that's fine. If she's overall wants to be a little bit more glamorous, that's what she does. Well, but I just think there's let's and real quick when we say that I'm not saying like dog all the way up like no one's saying okay you should have on makeup and eyelashes and lipstick and hair it's like whatever you do to doll yourself up right if it's just right. wash your face and put on chapstick that's on you yeah that's cool with me because there is the okay now you have on too in, in my opinion sometimes there's too, too much. much it's one thing if you're taking pictures or you're going on camera for something but if that's like in real life you just looking like, I just want to take it and like, yeah. yeah. See what happens. So I just think it's just a spectrum. It's, okay. It's, it's not so black and white, but there's gray in there. And so there is gray. Yeah. But not Doc, what was his name? Uh, something, uh, Pastor Gray. I don't know. Isn't that a whole nother conversation? <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. A whole nother conversation. Yeah, I want to get there. Well, Dr. Tracy, 
thank you so much for joining us joining us on the dm slide and just joining us on the perspective podcast today yeah definitely definitely had a great time with you today um but you know as we always end it make sure y'all follow us on all social medias um, we are on youtube we are on instagram we are on apple Podcasts, spotify podbeam as well as google Podcasts. Um, our Instagram is the that perspective podcast. Um, our Apple podcast is the perspective podcast as well as um, Spotify and the rest of them. Um, on YouTube is the perspective podcast as well. Um, and once you get to our YouTube page, make sure you go on there, DM us multiple questions. We make sure that we try to answer them all. And there is a link in the bio. Fill out the Google form. You know, give us our fee- give us feedback. You know, it's the only way we can get better. So thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. And we are the Perspective Podcast.